Hey everybody, welcome back to Quick Take. And uh, this is the first Quick Take in a little while because I was actually on vacation all last week. Uh, so I didn't record the, the two episodes that I customarily would uh, release in a week. And um, I'm back today and I thought I would uh, do a little conversation about uh, how I use Apple technology uh, products and apps and third-party apps and things like that uh, when I travel. And um, it's it's really amazing how technology has changed the way we travel um, over the years. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I'm 36. So, you know, in my lifetime, we wouldn't have had cell phones. I mean, cell phone, the technology has been around for a while. But, but you know, in, you know, certainly early in my life, most people didn't have a cell phone or a car phone or anything like that. Um, and so, you know, you if you broke down, you'd have to walk until you found a pay phone or something like that. Um, you know, uh, the way that we use maps has obviously changed a tremendous amount. Um, you know, I certainly remember when I was first getting my driver's licenses and taking some of my first trips, um, you know, you just had to carry maps in your car, maps of the states that you travel to the most or an atlas of of all the 50 states, uh, you know, you'd have in your map pocket, you know, map pockets were a thing, you know. Uh, so the way we travel is just totally different now. And um, how I travel and what technology I bring and how I use it kind of depends on whether I'm traveling alone and the length of the travel, the, the, the type of place I'm going, uh, that sort of thing. So if I'm traveling alone and it's a quick trip, you know, sometimes I'll just take uh, the iPhone and the Apple Watch and the chargers for those. And that's all the technology I need to have with me. Um, if it's a family vacation like this was, and especially if it was, you know, what we did was we went to the beach. We were down in the Tampa Bay area and in, in my home state of Florida. And, um, you know, so from where we live in the middle Tennessee area, just outside of Nashville, um, you know, that's uh, at best, uh, you know, and we broke it up for two days. So I guess I should back up and say what we did was we we drove down to Tallahassee where my parents live. Um, and that's about a, you know, and if you weren't making any stops whatsoever, you could do that in seven and a half hours, but, um, everyone's going to make, you know, stops for gas, stops for food, uh, rest area, things like that. But compound it with the fact that my wife and I have four kids, uh, all under the age of eight. And, uh, you know, anytime you have, uh, young kids involved, the stops, uh, take longer than they would if you're just traveling by yourself or you and your spouse, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, we traveled down there the first day and then took the, uh, the, the, the next day to travel down to the Tampa Bay area and kind of did the reverse of that on the way back. And, um, you know, certainly, uh, I'll talk about, uh, traveling and, and which maps app I use and how I do that. But I think one of the things to start with now, um, that's starting to become a thing is the whole smart home thing. And of course, this being an Apple focused podcast, uh, I'm really thinking of it through the lens of HomeKit. But of course, there's also Google Home and Amazon Alexa. And so there's all these different products that you can buy um, for your home that tie into these services so that you can monitor your home uh, when you're away and uh, set automation for when you're gone and, you know, go in and manually configure things even when you're not home, that sort of thing. So uh, I don't know that this exists yet, but I would love to have a smart stove, you know, or smart oven. And I don't want to be able to turn it on with, uh, uh, 
with, uh, you know, an app on my smartphone, but I'd love to be able to use it to, you know, go and verify that the, the, uh, the oven and the stove are turned off. That would be a nice thing. I don't know if anybody makes that yet or not, but that is a, that's a great idea for a product right there. But uh, of course, you know, the common things that you have, you might have a smart thermostat, you might have some, uh, you might have a smart lock for your door, you might have some smart lights in the house, there's a, a smart camera, there's all sorts of different things that you can buy for your home for the new smart home and that you can tie into a product like Apple's HomeKit. Um, and uh, if you're going to do that, you, you need to have at the house um, a HomeKit hub because the HomeKit hub is what allows you to communicate back to those devices at your home when you're away. Um, so for a HomeKit hub, you can use a HomePod if you have one of those. You can use an Apple TV as long as it's the third generation or newer on up to, of course, the Apple TV 4K. Or you can use an iPad. And uh, I haven't used a HomePod or an iPad for the HomeKit hub. I presume if you're using an iPad, you just need to make sure it's plugged in continuously. Uh, otherwise, it might the battery might die. But if you're using a HomePod or an Apple TV, those are plugged in all the time, so that's no big deal. Um, I use an Apple TV for this. Um, Typically, a lot of times um, if I'm traveling, uh, I will leave the Apple TV at home or sometimes I'll travel with another one. Like I've got, I've got a couple of old Apple TVs that I'll travel with. Um, and, and you need to do that if you have, especially if you have multiple uh, HomeKit devices, you need to have that Apple TV home and plugged in or whichever uh, HomeKit um, uh, hub that you're using. What, what, what kind of device you're using for that it needs to be at home and plugged in so that you can communicate back to those uh, home, smart home devices. So if you have a smart lock on your door, for instance, um, you want to be able to remotely check and say, Hey, did I lock that door? And if not, you can remotely lock it, you know, using your smart device or thermostat control. You know, that's one of the things that, uh, you think about you're not home for a few days. So it's the middle of summer. I don't need to have the house cooling down to 72 degrees when I'm not here and using up, you know, electricity that just isn't necessary because no one's home to appreciate the air being conditioned. So, um, you can, you know, remotely connect back to your, your smart home, uh, your smart thermostat device. Uh, but again, if you're using HomeKit to control these, you need to have that HomeKit hub plugged in. Now I actually, this time, um, just because I knew exactly where it was and I didn't have to hunt for it in a drawer, I just, I actually did un un unplug and, and take my main Apple TV, the Apple TV 4k that we have connected to our main uh, family room TV. Um, and I didn't worry too much about the HomeKit hub thing because I just have so far one HomeKit device and it is my thermostat. And I knew I could actually control the thermostat directly using the app that, uh, Honeywell who made the, the thermostat, um, they have a, 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 what they call the Honeywell home app that you can use to control your thermostat remotely. So I didn't need to have uh, a HomeKit hub for that because I wasn't using HomeKit itself. And um, I want to do, I'll talk more about HomeKit and I've talked about it some before, but you might be thinking, well, if you can use the app to get back directly to all these devices, why do you need HomeKit? Well, HomeKit, um, one of the main things it does is it provides you a single point of contact for all these devices in one. So if you have, I mean, if you had 10 different smart home devices, um, it would be a pain to have to use 10 different apps to uh, communicate with all those devices. And so uh, Apple's home app using this home kit technology gives you a single place you can go with a consistent user interface to access all these devices. So that's what the big deal is about home kit. Um, but you know, I was able to use the, uh, the smart, the, you know, the, the, the Honeywell app, as I mentioned, to control the thermostat. And I just set it to a vacation mode where, um, it just set the thermostat to 85 degrees, uh, which was fine because no one was here to, to, to be hot. 
and uh and it was and it set to turn it off now i did have some issues um it actually went into some other kind of schedule mode that i didn't even know it was going to do afterwards so i did have to kind of tweak it afterward but you know it's nice to be able to do that to be able to just you know you know on your way but you could even do this manually you could just you know leave and you could say oh i forgot to change the thermostat and you could just go in and set that thermostat to uh to a high temperature like 85 and then uh you know the morning you get up to come back you can go ahead and tell it to turn it back down so that it's comfortable again when you walk in the door so those are some of the nice things you can do um and it you know i think the smart home thing is going to become a bigger and bigger thing and uh it's nice to to be able to do that um so of course, you know, I'm using my iPhone, uh, I'm using an iPhone 10. My wife has an iPhone SE. So, you know, we're obviously using those for a lot of the same kind of stuff we would normally use them for. But in terms of travel related things, um, obviously, uh, we want to get directions to where we're going. So you got to have an app for, for those kind of things. And there's obviously lots and lots of different apps that you can use. Um, you know, the main ones you're going to think of are, uh, Apple maps, uh, Google maps, Waze, um, those would be the main three that people think of. And I've talked about this before um, on a previous podcast, but um, I use Apple Maps. And um, uh, if you haven't used Apple Maps in a long time, especially if you haven't used it since uh, Apple Maps first debuted after Apple and Google kind of went their separate ways, um, I would encourage you to go back and try Apple Maps out again because it's it's uh, it certainly had a rocky start when Apple first got into it as far as the reliability of it and the directions it was giving you. But I think it's a, a phenomenal app. Um, I, I love it. And, um, you know, back before Apple and Google kind of had their falling out, you might remember that uh, the, the Maps app that was built into uh, the iPhone from, you know, for, for several years in the early days of the iPhone was sort of a marriage between Apple and Google, where Google provided the data and Apple made the user interface. And it was kind of like the best of both worlds because... I don't think many people would argue that uh, Google has the best, uh, would debate the fact that Google has the best uh, mapping data out there, but I think Apple definitely is better at designing user interfaces. So that was a great marriage of design and technology for a long time. And then when uh, Apple and Google had their falling out and um, Apple had to provide, had to come up with a backup and create, you know, find a new way to provide the maps data. Um, you know, the interface was still great in Apple Maps, but for a while the data wasn't so good, but they've done a really good job the last several years improving that to the point where, um, I can't off the top of my head remember the last time I got a bad, you know, direction from Apple Maps. Uh, I've used it many times over the years for many trips in many different parts of the country, and I find it, it's fantastic. Um, so I use Apple Maps, um, as my, um, uh, mapping app. And, um, uh, I think the, probably the biggest downside to it is that it doesn't have uh, street view, but it does have satellite view and it does have a lot of the other nice features that Google maps has, you know, you know, had first like uh, lane, um, uh, recommendations. So, you know, which lane you need to be in when it gets a little confusing. Uh, you know, it will tell you, Siri will tell you, and you can see it on the map itself and it'll tell you the speed limit for most of the roads you're on and that sort of thing. So Apple maps is fantastic. One little tip I recommend though, uh, is, uh, is always, if you're on, when you're on a trip, even if you know where you're going and how to get there without needing to consult a map, go ahead and turn Apple maps on route the trip and, and have it on continually. Um, a, it is nice to, to, you know, if you, if you're not sure what the speed limit is, you know, to be able to glance down at the phone and, and have that right on there. That's certainly a, a nice thing. Another thing is, uh, just getting, um, you know, an on the go ETA of when you're going to arrive. That's helpful as you're you know, letting people know what time you'll be there. 
and things change based on, you know, how often you stop and traffic circumstances. But then traffic is a big one. You know, uh, you might know exactly how to get there, but what you don't know necessarily is that there's a, a massive wreck or a massive uh, construction uh, project down the line. Um, I actually had this happen on the way down. I knew exactly you know, where I was going to get to my parents' house, uh, obviously. Uh, but I still had the maps on. Uh, and uh, at one point, uh, Apple Maps let me know uh, that there was... Uh, no, i tell you what. Uh, no, I didn't. And I, in fact, I should have had this on because what I saw was one of those, um, you know, uh, big uh, electronic signs where they can change what the message is on it. And it actually said there was an accident ahead and uh, that it was like a 90-minute delay. And so that's when I fired Apple Maps up and had it give me an alternate... Uh, route. Um, but what I should have had and what I did on the way back was I just had it on routing me the directions because it will oftentimes, if that's the case, it will let you know and it will say, hey, there's a traffic incident up ahead and it will say, here's a faster route available. Do you want to take it? And you say yes. And it routes you. And I've had that uh, happen before and have that uh, save me from sitting in unnecessary traffic. So definitely uh, recommend that tip. Uh, along, you know, on the lines of maps, Um, I I very much, uh, use and recommend using the find my friends app. Um, you know, my wife and I have our location shared with each other all the time. Uh, and that's, you know, helpful. So we know where each other is. And, um, you know, if I get home and I'm like, where, where, where's my wife and the kids? I can look and say, oh, they're here. They're at this, uh, they're at the swim lessons. I forgot about that, that kind of thing. But it's really great when you travel because sometimes you want to, you know, you may, you might not always want to share your location with, uh, you know, friends or family, you know, extended family. Uh, but you can share your location with them. When you share your location in the Find My Friends app, um, you can choose to share it with a, a person uh, always or uh, or just till the end of the day. And that's really nice. Uh, if I'm traveling to, to visit my parents, as I was in this case, I will, you know, share my location with my mom who has an iPhone and just set it to just for the end of the day. And that way, instead of her, you know, calling me every little bit to ask me where I am, um, she can just check to find my friends app and know, you know, exactly where I am. And so that's a a nice feature that I use a lot. Uh, we use this, uh, on the way to Tampa because we were actually going, uh, and staying for the week with my uh, wife's parents and, uh, her sister and her sister's husband. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I had, uh, my wife text, uh, her sister and say, Hey, turn on, find my, uh, uh, find my friends and share your location. And we did the same and uh, we were able to see where they were and, uh, they stopped for lunch and we were actually, you know, able to meet up with them, even though we were coming from a different direction and, uh, we were able to, to finish the trip together. So the find my friends app is, uh, is a really nice, uh, way to do it. Um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, when we got there, um, you know, I brought the Apple TV because, you know, I might want to watch something in the evening in the condo, but certainly, uh, the kids, it's nice for them because, uh, you know, if, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times the way this works when you're, when you're staying for a week at a condo, of course, and we were at the beach, of course, you know, the beach is something different than what you're doing in the course of your daily week. But there's a lot of other times where you're doing a lot of the same tasks you would do during a normal week, like you're doing dishes and you're, uh, doing laundry and taking out the trash and that sort of thing. So, uh, in between beach and pool excursions, sometimes the kids would sit down and want to watch one of their shows. And so you could put that on while you're doing some other work. And, you know, it's just nice to be able to take that little box and, and bring it and plug it in and, uh, just have it be that consistent experience that you're used to with the TV. They didn't miss a beat. Um, and it's just all right there. Now, of course you have to have, uh, internet access and, um, I'll get to that in a second, but, um, you know, a lot of these, uh, places like condos, um, and even hotel rooms you stay at now will have the ability to plug in, 
an HDMI device because they have flat screen TVs most of these places. And so you can just plug the Apple TV right in and, uh, and you're good to go. One thing is you definitely want to make sure that you have the Apple TV remote because sometimes um, you're used to uh, controlling it maybe just with the Apple remote app on your, your iPhone. But if you don't have Wi-Fi... Um, then you can't connect to the Apple TV. So you want to make sure that you have your, your Apple TV remote so that you can uh, join it to the Wi-Fi at the place that you're at and then be able to control it. And then from there, you can use the Apple remote app on your iPhone again. Um, we also brought a game controller. We've got a couple of the SteelSeries Nimbus game controllers, and I just brought one of those. Uh, my son likes to play Minecraft, and so uh, we just tossed one of those in the bag so that uh, he would have that as well. And we didn't use the Apple TV a ton. Sometimes I would just turn it on and use it to stream music from Apple Music um, while I was working on laundry, that sort of thing. So, But it came in handy uh, for sure, even though we didn't spend a ton of time with it. Um, speaking of Wi-Fi, most places that you go have Wi-Fi. I have in the past uh, gone to a place that, that had uh, like a cable modem, but no... Um, but no Wi-Fi router. That that doesn't happen too often anymore. Again, most places it's just a it's just a um, sort of understood that you're going to provide Wi-Fi for guests. Um, but I have in the past actually tossed a, an airport express base station in the bag with me and, a, and an Ethernet cable. And there had there was at least one time where that came in handy because the place only had a cable modem, and I was able to use my router in provide my own Wi-Fi network. Now, this is a tougher one to recommend because, again, it, it's one extra thing you got to pack, and most 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 of the time you're not going to encounter a place where you don't need that these days. Um, and it's also difficult to recommend because Apple has discontinued the airport line of products, so unless you're like me and you just happen to have an old Airport Express lying around, this may not, that might, that might not be a useful recommendation to you. Um, you know, for charging, um, you know, I I, I've got, I'm using one of the Belkin uh, Qi chargers for my iPhone 10, and um, the uh, the iPhone line um, is just now adopting this standard. It's kind of an open standard, and so a lot of Android phones have it, but it uh, they're just these little discs, and you just set the phone down on it, and it charges without plugging a wire directly in to the iPhone. And that's that's awesome because it's super convenient, and it's also awesome because you, know, you don't have to worry about... Um, you know, cables, lightning cables getting messed up and not working or lint getting stuck in your lightning port and not making a solid connection, that sort of thing. You just set the phone down and it charges. And um, that's fantastic. I can't wait till more hotels have those built in. But if you have an iPhone 8 or an iPhone 8 Plus or an iPhone 10 and you don't know this is a thing, I definitely recommend picking one of these up. They can be had fairly inexpensively. Um, and, uh, it just plugs in. I, I set one next to the bedside and just set the phone on it. It makes a little chime and the light comes on and I know it's charging and that's fantastic. I use my Apple watch pretty heavily when I'm traveling. Um, it's nice to be able to keep up with, um, the, uh, you know, my activity, uh, especially because a lot of times when I'm, especially when I'm going to the beach, I'm, I'm eating more junk food than usual. And uh, it's nice to be able to keep up with my activity so that I can combat some of that with some actual uh, calorie burning. So nice taking walks on the beach, you know, using that to keep track of your, your exercise, take an outdoor walk and uh, track those those calories and those steps and those um, exercise minutes. One of my favorite things that not everybody knows about that you can do with the Apple Watch is if you have driving directions going on your phone with Apple Maps, it automatically shows that up on the uh, Apple Watch as well. And you can, it'll, it'll just, it'll make sound and, and, and buzz you when it comes up to making a turn. So you don't even have to look at your phone to know whether to turn left or right and when to turn. 
but if you do uh, just kind of twist your arm while your hand's on the, st- on the steering wheel to see the screen, it will show you what the next turn's going to be and show you an ETA. Um, and that is fantastic because instead of having to take your eyes away from the road, you're just, just twisting your, your wrist and, and so you're just glancing at your watch and that's a lot more safe. And so that is another thing that I love using the Apple Watch for uh, when I travel. Um, and of course, you know, make sure that you bring your Apple watch charger because it's probably only going to last a couple of days at most, uh, when you're traveling. Um, as far as some apps, um, of course I mentioned Apple maps, um, weather apps. That's very useful, especially if you're going someplace like the beach where you're doing a lot of outdoor activities, you need to know what the weather's going to be. Um, there's a weather apps, uh, finding the perfect weather app is like the most difficult task for me. There are uh, seemingly hundreds of them in the app store, but finding the perfect one is a challenge, and uh, I don't know that I'll ever find the perfect one, but I guess about a year ago, I finally settled on an app called Weather Atlas, and uh, I believe it's uh, free, but maybe only for one location, but then it's like $5 um, on a yearly subscription to unlock all the features. Um, and, uh, I think it's worth it to do that. It's inexpensive. I mean, it's like the cost of one cup of coffee at Starbucks a year, you know, and you get all the features, but what I like about it is, and you kind of have to see this to get what I mean, but it's, it was, it's one of the, it's an app that was clearly written to take full advantage of, of some of the, the user interface features in iOS 11. It uses kind of the card interface, um, and, and the, on the main screen, it's got um, a map at the top, so you can see the weather radar. And then below that, it's got, um, you know, more of the data, like uh, the, the hourly or 10-day forecast um, with the temperature and percentage, you know, precipitation chances and that sort of thing. Um, but I love it. So check out Weather Atlas. You know, and then, you know, a lot of people at the beach like to read. And um, certainly you could use uh, uh, Apple Books. It used to be called iBooks, but in iOS 12, they're renaming it uh, just Books. Uh, but you can use Apple Books to read uh, eBooks. Of course, there's lots of third-party apps like Kindle and that sort of thing as well. Um, but uh, and so if you're reading eBooks, that's a great way to do it. You know, it's funny. I should probably talk about this more in another episode. But um, iBooks really kind of got me back into reading again. But but for the last several years, I've, I've really gone back to reading physical books. And of course, um, if you're at the beach and if you're reading on the beach, it's really difficult to do that on an iPhone screen because the sun is so bright that the screen just really can't get bright enough to make that a comfortable task. And so if you're, if you're going to be reading a physical book, um, and I've mentioned this on a previous episode as well, but there's a great uh, app called Leo, L-E-I-O, that you can use for tracking your progress in reading books. And I find that just fascinating. Um, because it gives you some statistics of how many pages you've read over a certain period of time and how many you've got left and how much time you're spending in each reading session. And in the latest version, they've got uh, some gamification built in to kind of make it more engaging as far as reading. So definitely recommend uh, checking that out. And um, boy, I'm, I'm sure that I'm forgetting something. I, uh, I, it's always the, the worst thing is when you write a blog post or record a podcast episode. And then as soon as you're done, you're like, oh, I should have mentioned that. But uh, hopefully that gives you a good sense of, of how I travel. Um, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. You know, how do you travel with Apple technology? What are some tips and tricks that you have? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JWSherrod, S-H-E-R-R-O-D. Um, or you can actually go to the uh, iOS app store and download the Anchor app, which is what I'm using to record this podcast. And you can actually uh, send me... Um, uh, an audio recording of your tips and suggestions, or if you have a question for me, you can do that. And I can actually include your question in a future show. 
that's it for this time. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.